Hi, I'm Preeti Chibber. And I'm Jen Northington. And this is Tar Valen or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast. And in today's extra special episode, we have a very special guest. Brie, half of the writing duo that makes up dystopian romance author Kit Rosha. Ooh, I didn't check with you ahead of time. Is that, did I say it right? You did. Oh, okay. I, should I keep that in or should yes. we do, do it again? Okay. You well, need to celebrate your victory. I did it right. Uh, so yes, <laughs> dystopian romance author Kit Rosha, actually Brie is half of it, uh, is joining us to talk about sexy and not so sexy times in the Wheel of Time. Hello, Brie. Hey, guys. I'm so happy to be here. Yay! We are super excited. And of course, <laughs> for everyone listening, we are going to be limiting the discussion to the books we've read so far. So that's one through four plus New Spring and season one of the TV show. So if you are listening along and reading along with us, we will not spoil past that point. Right. And I think it's important for everybody to know, Breathe, that you are quite literally a sexy writing expert <laughs> yes like i am a romance writer a, a speculative fiction romance writer so this is this is my and i actually told someone i think maybe this series is responsible <laughs> for me because i had to keep writing these romances in my head <laughs> wait, yeah. wait wait brie would you say that this is in your wheelhouse hey. <laughs> but, um, yes <laughs> And and not just romance, but kink, right? Like you, yes. you write kink. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm not currently, but I our most popular series that I write with my co-writer, the Beyond series, which was it's very very successful. Um, was a BDSM focused series, and so I'm going to tell you, like, I was not aware of any of that the first time I picked these books up when I was like 15. Yeah. So and I was a pretty sheltered 15. <laughs> so you know when I picked them up again to get ready to read before the final book came out I had been in romance for like five years at that point I was no longer sheltered <laughs> and I was like wow what's with all the spanking I can't wait I'm so excited that you wanted to do this episode because I just feel like I get really inarticulate about why Robert Jordan does this all wrong. And I feel like you probably will be more articulate about it. <laughs> it is it is a it is a strange I, I think I have called it before a seething subtext. <laughs> but you you also come from a place of love, right? Like you love this. Yes, series. I You're... love this series. And anyone who follows me on Twitter, I mean, I think I compulsively made several hundred, if not thousands, of people watch it. <laughs> I hosted the official Twitter watch party for like episode seven. I am all in on the show. I mean, so I have deep affection for it. I think Robert Jordan was a world builder, like, you know, one of those once in a generation Mm. talents at like making this intricate Mm -hmm. skill. I just don't think romance was his wheelhouse. <laughs> um, seems very safe to say. Can we start? Can we start with the Malkieri? Because we just finished yeah, this yeah, and it was horrible. Yeah. It was just so intensely uncomfortable the way it was handled in New Spring. So I have like a couple, like I feel like the Malkieri, which I and I just told you guys before we started, I have memory hold this like multiple times. <laughs> I only remember it now because I reread New Spring with the Wheel Takes podcast. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, and I'm in the process of memory holding it again. So we have to hurry. <laughs> um, 
I feel like this is like an intersection of several of the things that bother me. The biggest mm. are, why are we doing kink without consent? Mm. And why are all the very sexual women predators? Mm. It's so, I mean, I guess it's not surprising. Like, it's it's not, right? We know that that is a trope that exists. Yeah. But it's so... Um, and I'm going to say, Ooh. you guys haven't even gotten into the high octane predatory sexual women. Oh, I was don't, just no, telling no, Creepy, no, well, we're not going to talk about it, but I remember. I don't I remember. remember at least one incident, and yeah. I am not looking um, forward to it. But so, okay, so to rewind, yeah, yeah, we're we're in the we're in the tame early stages of that, <laughs> but still, just with the first four books, you know, like I have such complicated feelings about Barrelane. Oh yeah, and um, well, the whole parent file dynamic is a mess. Like just a just a mess. I wrote a note. I wrote a note for this podcast, and my note just says, "Gentle giant blacksmith dom and a bratty princess." <laughs> WTF? How do you fuck that up? Right, right, <laughs> right. So I like. I feel like Robert Jordan thinks that he's writing sexiness. He's writing, he thinks he's writing subversive sexiness is the right? thing, like, right? That's like that's how it, it's presented. Yes. I, I can't tell. Like, I can't tell if it's, because this is the most puritanical kink. Like, it's very prudish. <laughs> yeah. And then, so it's like, it's never, it, it's always this like, are you, is this a wink? Are we supposed to infer? Are you slipping right. it in there so that people aren't supposed to know that it's happening? Mm. But like, I mean, Perrin Fail especially, like. <sighs> it's but, so funny because he 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 gives us like paranophile which jen and i like bitched and moaned about <laughs> the almost the entire time during our reread but then we get this like lovely like sweet romance like that feels mm-hmm. very unearned to an extent they the potential of those two like yes! i want yes. to see this yes. on the tv show i want to see yes because i feel like it was so close we have you know this the 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 commoner blacksmith and the princess mm-hmm. yes and she we also have the kink i mean if they were doing consensual kink i would like to send the entire country of saldea to some <laughs> kink therapy <laughs> because this seems to extend beyond her i mean this seems to be well, learned behavior well i was gonna say it's built into the malkiri too so yeah, like, he like builds these cultural the lands yeah right the borderlands kink therapy for the borderlands is now the that's, show title that's the that's title, show of this title of this episode yes kink <laughs> therapy for all of the borderlands all of them um it is definitely and like so the malkieri have this like and it's always weird power exchange stuff yeah so mm-hmm. like like the malkieri thing is like well, the man doesn't get to say no, but then once you're in bed, the woman doesn't get to say no. And I'm like, like no, that's ugh. not exactly <laughs> how you want to be doing this. You know what? Let's just take no off the table. That's the subversive <laughs> part. You just, right. just take it off the table. Consent yeah. is not a thing in these. I mean, in so many ways, too, I'm thinking about like the Ogier and how um, Loyal is just mm-hmm. constantly afraid of getting married off. And like, it it feels to me also, and I'm I'm visiting Jordan's intentions. I don't know, obviously, but it feels like it's like attempt at feminism, like giving the yes. women power. But that's not the feminism I want. I do think that there is a and like again, like yeah, I don't. I truly believe in my heart that Robert Jordan was a dude who set out 
to subvert sexism and yes. fantasy. Yeah. Yes. I do not think he knew which parts were sexism. <laughs> um, and that is where you trip up. Yeah. No, it's and like, true. that's why I don't write books to subvert racism. Mm. <laughs> because I don't know. And so, like, you, you you have to be careful when you're trying to subvert things that aren't your experience. Um, because I think that there are parts where you, you end up sort of just stepping into a new worst stereotype. Yes. <laughs> um, and I feel like we do that a lot in this series, especially with, like, these, these strange Mars-Venus gender dynamics are yeah. very... <laughs> a lot. It is. It is. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is frustrating because and because I do think because he was so talented and because he was, you know, he was great at making these characters. Like yeah. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the character archetypes and giving them like fascinating flaws. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it more frustrating when you can see, see like the outline of an amazing parent and Fail. Mm-hmm. And instead we get spanking in the ways uh, and like... I for her see. own good yeah like, yeah no. this, it's like disciplinary it's, it's like gross weird. yeah and it's it's it's, and it's not even within the concepts like of no. some like domestic discipline no like, no it is just flat out okay now I'm i gonna... actually think the spanking i don't know if it was supposed to be funny or like I, I do, think it I, was. Right? It's supposed to be like this weird, funny joke that's happening, but it's just so strange and unsettling that no part of it works. <laughs> yeah, and like um, Jenny, who has the Lesbian Nerdy YouTube channel, we were having a discussion about this once. And you know, another thing is like Fayil's constantly slapping him. Yeah. That is also not cool. Yeah. Nope. yeah. Um, but somebody tried to call the spanking self-defense. And she was like, no, well, think about this. What? Think about Hold this. On. He stops her and then he spends the time. Like, think about how much time you have to take to find the appropriate spanking position <laughs> in the middle of the dangerous ways. self-defense. No. And garbage. then settle down and start spanking. That's a, that's a garbage theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. What? So, because it, it is definitely like just the weird violence between these two is so upsetting. It, yeah. it it is upsetting and I think what's also like you were saying he is so good at his character work and and this I think this popped up on our last episode of New yes. Spring too where we were like the reason we're so frustrated by this book and so frustrated by the latter half of this book especially is because we do know how good he can be and we do know how good the series can be and even how good the like moments can be and like romantic moments can be between yeah. characters right like there are these wonderful moments between Lan and uh Nynaeve and there are mm-hmm. these like wonderful moments of romance and then you have this like absurdity <laughs> it is it is really like um oh what was I gonna just say uh oh it completely has flown out of my head now. <laughs> too busy getting focused on spanking in the well, way I think I got distracted by Lynn and Nynaeve because like yeah. you know Lynn spouting poetry and then Perrin's giving spankings. And yes. it's like, this is a wide range. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of... if you are talking about not just like, like if you're looking at sex and romance in the series, right? There's all mm. the stuff in the early books where the girls, it's so 
like these moments are funny, but they're strangely placed where you have these like, oh, the boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like everybody's obsessed with Gallad, like yeah. watching him in the training yard. It's like yes, very yes. teen Nobody romance. Nobody can talk when he's around. Right. He's, he's right. just like so hot. Distractingly handsome, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then you have these weird power dynamic things. And oh, yeah. it is... So I'm, I'm I'm trying to try to like think about some of the different like okay um I'm I'm making sure I don't go any spoilery. <laughs> thank you, we thank you. It. Thank yes. you. Um, so like let's start with Lana Nynaeve. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys know Katrina Jackson. She is an erotic romance author. Oh um, yeah, I've read and, one of those. I think. Yeah. Um, and she is awesome. And I I feel like I might have like cyber bullied her into watching this show <laughs> by sending her repeated pictures of Daniel Henney and Fair. Joey Robbins. Fair. Um, I was like, this is this is my formative because these were my formative yeah. little crush. These were yeah. my fifteen year old Brie loves these people. Um, and so she started reading the books and I was like, Ooh, I may have made a mistake here. <laughs> and so like four books in, she's like, I think Lan and Nynaeve are just so good because we never really get their romance from their perspective. And so oh, it's true. No, it's true. have a chance to like, kind of mess it up with that internal weirdness because That's it really a- is like Egwene is watching them mm-hmm. kiss and yeah. Rand is watching their early stuff in book yeah. one. And I was like, wow, that is actually my favorite romance in the series. We almost never are in their heads when they are together. Um, That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. It was extremely. What a choice. Like what we we talk about POV choice all the time (laughs) because it's so determined in this book. Like it's in these books. It's so like specific. So what a choice to do that and now I'm like well how did we not pick up on that I know I know oh, I, I I had never occurred to me and I think that um again this is this thing where I have like added so much in my head over the years mm-hmm. and I yeah. think that like especially since I have these new people who are reading the book now that they watch the show yeah. and I'm watching them do it and I'm realizing oh see I read these books now with my filter in place yeah, where I yeah. just take out all of this weird stuff <laughs> um you know and expand upon my favorite characters and power skim when it gets weird right it's all headcanon and filtering yeah. and yeah yeah um, and I feel like the show is my headcanon yeah. oh, <laughs> so yeah let's talk about the show because you know we I think it's fair to say that in the books there is only one kind of sexuality and that's heterosexual yeah and then there's the the exploratory lesbianism that goes away right. when you grow up so right right um, <laughs> in new spring specifically yes i don't yes. think that shows up anywhere else at least not no, for us um, yet not no. so far no yeah uh but obviously the show has has expanded it to at least two kinds of sexuality right yeah. we have we have we're allowed to have homosexuality in the show <laughs> And we have polyamory now, mm-hmm. which isn't yeah, made fun of. Oh, right, with the warders. Alana right. and her, yes. her yes. two little snuggle boys. Oh, I love it. So I love it so much. Yeah, and it yeah. was treated respectfully. And yes. It was yeah. treated as like a valid thing Life and choice. not, not yes. played and for jokes, like you said. Circles back into my sexual women or predators thing. Like the greens are the butt of all the jokes. Yes. yes. You know, the horny greens and their, you know, 
sea of warders. So I was really <laughs> liked seeing that, like respectfully done on the show, and also the warders, you know, being romantic with each other and yes. affectionate with each other too. Aww. So I was like, wow, this is beautiful. Yeah, but you can like go all the way back um, to like Egwene and Rand, mm-hmm. just kind of casually having a very healthy sex positive because their parents pieced out so they could bring up oh my god i have so many feelings about them like doing it in the i know but it's i feel like there's a difference the 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 feelings are oh like maybe in the overcomplicating of Egwene and rand's relationship of putting them there when the books did not specifically put them there which is different than Oh no! Allow, I just right? have like hygiene concerns. Is what I have. I don't. Oh, care. I, like, I do think they did I'm... it in her room. Well, because really? she. I yeah, thought it was in the kitchen. Because remember, Rand was gone somewhere asleep, and I assumed that they moved to her room, and then he fell asleep in her bed and came out because she was brooding. I but she's like half what I She's half naked in the common room. Like, well, maybe what? they keep going. <laughs> I think it was I mean, the kitchen nobody, and know. then they moved to the common room. Yes. Anyway, my concerns are not about the sex positivity yes. of it. I totally agree <laughs> yes. with you that it is a really healthy portrayal. And especially because it doesn't, it doesn't have, I didn't think about this before. It doesn't have any weight. The relationship, the weight in that relationship is all emotional and like yes. who wants what for their future. Yeah. It's not yeah. about whether or not they've had sex and what that means to them, mm-hmm. which I didn't articulate until right now but yes i agree with you that is beautiful yeah it is and you know especially that like specifically that her mother like the fact that her mother was like okay let's go upstairs you guys stay down here and that she is still being considered to be the wisdom so like a position of power and authority in this village while also just getting to have sex which um i think is like crazy because like in the books I mean, there are lots of jokes about how two kids got caught kissing in the barn and Naini yeah. beat them so hard they couldn't sit down on their wedding day. Yeah. So, like, yeah. that's the sexuality and, like, sex negativity the Two Rivers is coming from. Um, and I know I've seen, like, so many people who are upset that they changed it. But, you know, <clears throat> why was it there? Why? <laughs> I mean, what about it made sense in a country that with like people descended from these like awesome, you know, powerful queen in a country ruled yeah. by a matrilineal <laughs> primogenitor. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying I agree. I think I can understand the frustrations when you look at what sex in mainstream fantasy visually has come to mean, mm. which is like Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Like that is what we associate with sort of mainstream representation of what sex and fantasy can look like. And that's not great. No, And I no, think no. the anxiety at the top of like, when we didn't know how the show was going to go and you didn't know like where they were going to take these characters is a loss of innocence, because that's something that I think right. people really associate with the wheel of time and with our four, like our core kids in the wheel of time is they feel young. And it's that sort of, I'm not saying it's right, but it is very much like the relationship where we are like, we associate having sex with a loss of innocence, with adulthood, mm-hmm. with making these like more grown up choices for better or for worse. And so I see where the frustration comes from. I think the show handled it beautifully yeah. though. Yeah. Oh, I was in a tremendously stressed out place. 
Um, which, Brady, you know, because we yeah, shared anxious DMs <laughs> <laughs> uh, leading up to the show. Because I did not, I mean, Wheel of Time is not perfect. But one thing that for the vast number of words that exist, comparatively few of the female characters are like, sexually violated yes. or brutalized yeah. or yes. traumatized. Yes. I mean, they, they still are. There's, there's things to discuss. Yeah. But comparatively speaking to the fantasy by white men I was reading in the 90s, yeah. mm-hmm. this was very much, you know, the least poisoned water on offer yeah. from them. <laughs> yes. yes, 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, so like I can see where that fear and anxiety came yeah, from. I think so we I all had a little bit of it. that we're going to Game of Thrones it. You yeah. Know? yeah. I was terrified. But, like, I mean, there was nothing more innocent to me than that yes. silly little berry sex scene. Oh, my <laughs> well, God. it was the fate so to Brock, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like, obsessed with this. It's such, like, a YA move. It's such, like, a, okay, we're not, it's a, it's a novel. Like, if we're going to recognize how sexuality exists in the real world, we're going to fade to black on the page. And we're going to fade to black. <laughs> Well, you know what, though? I still think that they managed to fade to black with Rand and Egwene being sweet. Yes. They managed to fade to black with Lynn and Nynaeve being hot. Yes. (laughs) Daniel Henney is a man. Having banged before many times. (laughs) Very different levels of innocence and sweetness. I mean, Nynaeve and Lynn were going (laughs) to... Yeah, about to. Get, I mean, it was still very sweet too, but it wasn't young. Well, the show recognizes the necessity of the kind of tension they're using, like the tension, yes. the build up to that fade to black for Nynaeve and Land yeah. was very different than the build up, like you were saying, that innocent, silly little Barry sex scene. Yes, versus which was just cute. It was very cute, goofy. Versus Did you have that in Lan your- and Nynaeve. <laughs> extremely rand. Extremely, extremely so rand. rand. No moves. No yeah. moves. No versus moves. And then Lan. Lan is full of moves. <laughs> All of the moves. Lan is Nynaeve has moves. the moves. Yes. I am going to tell you guys. And so like I um, like I, I mentioned Allie and Gus had like just gone through New Spring. So I was recently traumatized. Um, and when that door opened in episode seven behind Lan's like shirtless body, Allie had traumatized me by theorizing that Amalisa was going to be combined <gasps> with that chick who was Lan's first. Oh, oh God. And I was like thinking, so oh my God, if she walks through this door, I'm going to have to set the show on fire. <laughs> <laughs> they would never. I feel like the show, <sighs> I feel like there is an understanding of what works and what does not in New Spring. Yes. Well, to some extent. <laughs> to yeah. an extent. I think that they... I, I I was not giving them, but that's the level of worried. I still yeah, was. totally. So when I turned around and it was naive, there's camera turned. I was like, oh my god! Like the the horror to excitement. I mean, I'm surprised I didn't black out. <laughs> I was so relieved, and then it was just, it was beautiful. Yeah, and then that scene with Moiraine and Suan, I didn't put this mm-hmm. together until just now, and it's so obvious. Do you think that was, like, an attempt at reparative kink, like, literal kink therapy for the books? Like, here's a couple that's engaging in a power dynamic. I think maybe, yeah, because yeah. it was so joyful and yeah. beautiful and just teasing and fun and playful. Yeah. Because, you know, it was the the flip from the public. And I think it might have also been, ooh, wait, no, I can't, I don't know if I can say this yet. Well, okay, Malkyrie. There's a couple cultures in here that do this 
sort of one person has the power in one place mm-hmm. and then another person has the power in the other. Right. But the Malkyrie is not the last time you're going to see it. That's weird everywhere. But um, I think that this was a cute and less horrifying <laughs> version of that where Moraine has to, you know, Swan has the, the power in public. Mm-hmm. But Moraine got to, you know, <laughs> got, to, got to say that line that yes. was a bit of an infamy. It really um, will. So, yeah, and that. I'm like blushing. It's like, I know, my face is scene. so hot. <laughs> it was so good. I When in, in episode three, she mumbled while she was like kind of delirious. She muttered mm. Swan's name. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I was like, you guys are just teasing us, right? This is like some past <laughs> love. So when episode six happened, I was like, how is this happening on my TV? I've gone from my most horrible fears to like two women over 40 kissing in my fantasy. But this is what works from New Spring, right? It is explicit on the page text in New Spring. It is there, whether or not- arguments and i was like okay no they were having a platonic tickle fight in bed. <laughs> it's so extra it's like so intensely like moiraine is in love with suan like, yeah so obviously like so obvious like if and vice versa and yes. vice versa but like if suan had been written if suan had been written as uh a different gender as as man as whatever like that would have been a romance like yeah. explicitly yes. romantic, explicitly together, and that's they are they they are in love with each other. <laughs> yeah, and then but then in that end section of I New know, Spring, I know there's so know. much leaning into this like forced heterosexuality. We were oh talking about it on Patreon with some of the commenters. Yeah, that like, was another thing I had memory hold until <laughs> it's not Ali and Wes brought it back, and I'm like kind of cursing them. I'm like. I, <laughs> enjoyed up through chapter 16, 16 or whatever right yeah. and then from 16 on we're like what is happening it's like 16 through until the epilogue until is the like last page and a half a disaster and then and this was what was so frustrating there's that beautiful bonding oh scene that isn't earned i don't think but, but it's like is a, it's an amazing scene and and that's another thing i actually think new spring gets really right is there's zero sexual tension mm-hmm. between moiraine and lan and he could so easily have played with that yes. and he didn't which i appreciate yeah yeah i agree it is that was one of the most stressful things for me because I was trying not to do spoilers on the timeline because I had so many people who I was making watch this show on Twitter. <laughs> um, and like the first episode, I know like, my new ship, Lynn and Marie. And I was like, so mad about it. I'm still mad about the bathtub scene. <laughs> I'm still mad about it because I just don't understand the necessity. I get, I, I have get it. mixed feelings. I mean, I, I feel like I they played it. it well, yeah, for what it was. But also, like, the, the romance author in me has learned, don't bait the wrong ships. <laughs> because if like, you we will don't, never, we don't you will live never, in, ever right? <laughs> just regret like, it. Just don't do it. We don't live in a society, unfortunately, yet in which there is, like, enough platonic bathing in media <laughs> that you can just assume that, like, you're not supposed to make assumptions about the way well, these characters interact with one another. Well, it's not even that. Bodyguard magic lady is yeah. god-tier trope. Like, come yeah. on! Like, I'm just, 
I just don't. There's. I, love- they, I think they did the the platonic connection between them better later. Yeah. Like yeah. when they're having conversation or like whatever it is, and the way they interact with one another. But that that the fact that that in was our. Avoid- Oh. I, I love the bat scene in a void because I think they played it perfectly. Yeah. As a romance author, I was like, I don't know what you guys think they're doing here. <laughs> That's because my point. The magical bond between them, yeah. the bodyguard and the witch lady, like and the like flirty way that Lan is like could be warmer, which I'm just like in. Mm. <laughs> so bad. I, I I you know yeah like that's my mixed feeling there. I was like you guys are setting like. 85 ships off into the, the ocean <laughs> and they're gonna crash on a rock <laughs> and then they like yanked 90 out of the first episode and i was like i oh, know great. i know that was nerve-wracking <laughs> that was so nerve-wracking so stressful okay but then she comes back and tries to kill him yes it's- <gasps> and it was the most amazing thing I literally started tweeting 911 gifs <laughs> because I couldn't, I was going to try to live tweet, but I couldn't live tweet these shows. I was so freaked out the whole time. Yeah. So I just started tweeting 911 gifs. No, that was a great set. I feel like that was the perfect way to set up Lan and Nynaeve, like perfect, right? Can, and it's what works in the books. Yeah. Can we talk about the way that that scene in particular, like they have a physical altercation mm-hmm. that ends with Lan knocking her unconscious and tying her to a tree, but isn't gross in the way that like, like what we were talking about Perrin and Fayil is like, it's just constantly the physical altercations they have do not feel okay in the way that that scene felt okay. And I have a hard time articulating the difference. Can you okay. like help, help you. us out? Yeah, I got you. The reason, partly, is because Fael just is running around slapping Perrin, and it's supposed to be funny. She's not considered a threat. Mm. She's not taken seriously enough as an adult woman of mm. substance and threat and to be taken she seriously. Lynn is like, oh shit, this woman's gonna kill me. Yep. And so he deals with it, and then he treats her like a threat because mm. it's and then i think the way that it's so patronizing the fail shit where yes. you just like grab her by the back of the neck and shake her Ugh. she's not mm-hmm. a full adult human in this situation she <laughs> is getting her ass spanked it's no yep. rj no and i thank believe... you thank you for thing i just like i don't know i don't know if i would ever have found those words so thank you for for highlighting that difference for it me. is something that frustrates me a lot about them and i do believe like this is something i can't say for sure but people have told me this that in his notes when she was originally introduced she was supposed to be a lot younger Oh, and wow. then someone like like 15 or something. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And then she was like aged up sort of retroactively. I believe there are conflicting references to her age, maybe. But well, it I'm... does like Oh, I remembered what I was gonna talk about too. Like <laughs> oh, tell just us. now. Tell us. Okay. Lesby nerdy, um, Jenny is the one who said this to me. And once she said it, and you guys have read Paranormal Romance, like you guys are gonna like immediately freak out. Perrin, their relationship bugs me because Perrin is a fucking ethics-free empath. (laughs) He is just spending all of his time reading her innermost thoughts and reacting to them as if she's doing irrational things and then treating her like she's crazy. Wow. I am that mind-blown gif right now. Yeah, like the first time she said that, I was like, oh shit. And then okay, like, wait, you know, for, I'm like, for, for people who are listening who are not familiar, let's like explain that trope a little bit. Okay, so 
Nalini Singh is who I would go to here. Yeah. Like Nalini Singh writes the Side Changeling series. Oh, my favorite. My oh, favorite. They're so good. <laughs> and basically, the setup is she's got psychics and she's got shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the psychics are all trained not to think and or not to feel. They're not supposed to have emotions. They're very Vulcan. It's like a, you yeah. know, the having emotions gets you basically decommissioned. And so they have these very scientifically highly regimented psychic abilities. And one of them is empathy, which of course in a society that gets you, you're not supposed to feel is a bad thing. They, they mm-hmm. kind of get rid of them. So our first character is an empath and she can read other people's emotions. And one of the things that she has to do, and one of the core tenets when you have these like empathic character books and romance is the ethics of it is yeah. the, because you can manipulate people. You can so mm-hmm. easily by sensing their emotions and playing on them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is something like a big trope, you know, when you have like a psychic, non-psychic person in romance, whether or not their mental integrity is being violated, whether or not their thoughts are their own is a huge power indifference. Yeah. So yeah. Fahil literally doesn't get to have private emotions mm. and it doesn't matter how calmly she acts. Mm-hmm. He is judging her based on how she feels and not telling her that's what he's doing. Oh, can I just tell you that when we started this reread in my memory, I'm a, I am like a long running parent. I know fan. this like, has been really fun this for has me. Been re- <laughs> <laughs> no, I imprinted on him too. Fucking real. Yes. Blacksmith. Yes. And I remembered in my memory, I also memory hold this. I loved the parent and Fayil dynamic because she was like, you know, she was feisty. full of moxie. She was feisty. She had knives. She was badass. She had she had money. And like, he's like this, like very, yeah, gentle, sort of <laughs> like methodical, slow, doofy kind of marshmallow. And I loved that. And I did. I imprinted on it is exactly right. And then we're rereading it. I'm like, this is the most problematic it's, relationship. It's- just so in funny the entire book because i feel like jen kept being like just wait just it's wait gonna it's gonna get and better it just gets <laughs> worse and worse and Except just, well, you, have, you have reached the plateau of happiness <laughs> pain is in your future jen i'm oh, so no. sorry oh, this no. is the worst it's the worst okay this is my personal theory i think because he originally pitched six books Mm. Perrin and Fail were wrapped up and they were ready uh, for their last yeah. battle appearance. They got their happy ending. Stretching their arc out. Ooh. Oh god. Yeah, I wish I could they, say that they were happens in book four. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah. unbooks left. <laughs> so so yeah. Um, well, it's very clear that Robert Jordan didn't know what to do with Perrin in yes. comparison to Matt and Rand. Like he yes. just didn't know what to do with them. But and also, oh, that's the other thing I loved about Perrin is the wolf stuff. And like we do get at least that stuff is not totally ruined for me. But yeah, the the romance. Um oh shoot, there was something else that you said that I wanted to go back to, but I'm now I got distracted by how upset I am about <laughs> Perrin and Fayil. I feel you. I feel you because they were, I mean, I think Perrin was so formative for me. I'm very yeah. worried. People are going to watch this show and go like, okay, now Bree's backlist is. Oh, that was Perrin. <laughs> so the, and then, you know, we got a reparative Moiraine and Suan in the show, but we did not get a reparative Perrin. That's for mm. sure. 
I think he, like, my personal feeling is that he suffered the most, I think, from the COVID rewrites. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I think that Rafe just actually confirmed this, but, like, it was my strong, and I keep shouting out Jenny here, let's be nerdy, but she's who I've talked about so much of this was, and the, she was the first person I saw say that um, Perrin was the one who was supposed to bring land to the eye of the world by tracking them, probably. And I 100% think that's true. I think that Perrin was supposed to be on his own little plot arc, and he got stuck doing all the Matt stuff. That was the question, right? It always felt like Matt was missing. Like, 100% felt like Matt was missing. And it always felt like Perrin didn't belong in the scenes he was in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's totally it. I think that he had to do the Pat and Fane stuff, and so Mm -hmm. he got really shortchanged. And, you know, I I give them a lot of leeway. Yeah, yeah because there are say. other problems. Yeah, with other, problems. other problems. Which we have gone at at great lengths. Yeah, so we don't, don't need to talk to about revisit. it again. No. Um, I will I, say that by the end of the season, I had, I'm never going to like the fridging, but no. I had at least reached a point where I was like, okay, well, you have enough women who have their own shit going on yeah. that I do not think that it is unforgivable. But let's all think of new ways to yeah, make yes. men sad. <laughs> I do have, okay, wait, I have a question that I just thought of. Okay. And this is, again, based on what we have seen in the book so far, right. which is book four, where Matt Matt's pretty good with the ladies. It's, like, pretty well known. I don't think it's ever really shown in, like, an extremely negative light. Like, he's, like, flighty and, like, rakish and, like, it's just short, sort of a character trait for what it is. I'm a little worried about how they're going to play it in the show mm. with how they're describing how like the setup of like a character needs to be dark and yeah. like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm a little, little teeny tiny bit nervous about that. <sighs> okay. Like, there's just- one line and see, and, and the line that worries me is referencing stuff that's not going to come. So I don't know if I should say it, but they, they, they had a line for Matt and Rand that Rand said about Matt oh where he likes older women. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I sort of did a full body cringe at that yes. one and started giving them, Say, I'm watching you. Bree, I'm with you. I had yeah. the same reaction. I had the um, same reaction. Especially because, like, anything that may be coming in the books aside, there is a... There's a there's a troublesome dark trope in yes. there about the young, yes. troubled man who... Yes. Who, yeah, has older girlfriends giving him money. Like... There's something in there that I'm a little. Why would Rand know that? What is going on in right. the two rivers? Very, it's very strange. It's very like I'm. I don't know. I'm a little worried about it because Matt. Matt it was my character. Matt is the one, and we want to talk about imprinting on. Like Matt is the one that I imprinted on, and I am still fully 100 percent behind it. I have no regrets about that you have, whatsoever. You have such a better <laughs> case for him at the, the like actually based gonna, on like, the book. Not say anything here. <laughs> no, don't say anything. Don't say anything. He gets his moment. Here's the thing moment. about Wheel of Time. Everybody's <laughs> favorites do slight war crimes. And we just <laughs> learned to live with it. <laughs> He just, you know, he committed like a teeny tiny war crime. It's fine. Just just do little slight (laughs) ethically horrifying things. You're so right, though. You're just so right. So upset. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay because you know what? We all love our people and they're all just, this is a book, a series of problematic faves. That's true. Everyone's a problematic fave. Yeah. Except for Nynaeve. (laughs) 
No, no. I don't know. We've no, got no, very no. frustrated with yes, the portrayal of her in the books. I, like, Nynaeve also is a very problematic <laughs> name. No, no, I have a Nynaeve filter. <laughs> no, people who have been reading, like, books four and five are very frustrated with Nynaeve right now. And I'm like, no, I can't hear you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't la, do la, any la. of that. <laughs> no, that never happened. What are you talking so, about? There are definitely times where... Some of the stuff is like so bananas in the books that I'm just like, I don't think Robert Jordan fully understood the implications of that. I'm yeah. going to just pretend it didn't happen. Listen, and I feel like, fine. honestly, the parents spanking in the ways thing is one of them. Hmm. This man, who we have spent books upon books watching agonize about yes. his strength and how he yes. can hurt people, yes. is just going to haul off and start beating yes. this chick out of nowhere. I know. It's, it's so, so weird. So weird. Unnecessary so, gross all of the And words. it's because it's because someone needed to go write some domestic discipline fanfic or something. Just yeah. just <laughs> I I feel like I would like the kinky stuff in the books so much better if it was overt because then you yeah. can address it. Right. And yeah. you can engage with it in a way that's like consensual and not mm -hmm. horrifying yeah. yes and there's plenty of room for that i mean i think that Perrin and fail could have had a great kinky relationship they and it would have been adorable and it would have been wonderful and i would read a dozen of those books mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. about the blacksmith and the princess yes um so <sighs> have you read i have not gone into the fanfic of no, Wheel of Time for a lot of reasons, especially yep. right now because I'm trying to avoid spoilers for the whole series as a whole. Have you read any? And like, do you have any thoughts have on not. like what you? I was just, I'm like, there surely there's like, oh, it consensual exists. kink Wheel of Time I'm so fanfic nervous out about there. doing. Like, I keep thinking about doing it, and then I'm like, what if I find stuff that makes me horrified? <laughs> because you're likely to. Yeah, you it's will. Of time. Yeah. You will. Um, well, and and it's, it's, it's the internet. Right. Yes, the yes. Internet. I, I wrote lots of fanfic in my day. I actually wondered if the show was going to make me write Lan and Nynaeve fanfic <gasps> on a secret pen name or something. Do it! But no, the show gave me everything well, I needed, so I don't, you don't have need, to. You don't have to. <laughs> so it made me so happy. Um, I don't know. I I think I would like I would read that. It yeah, <laughs> that wonderful parent and file relationship fix it thing. I think that's yeah. that must you know, exist. That has because to because it, it it's there and it's like so much potential. And I feel like a lot of these relationships. Okay, one relationship I don't feel has a ton of potential is Elaine and Rand. Oh my god. Like, I respect that girl's thirst. Yeah. She's just gonna bone the first dude who falls into her garden and she is not letting it go. Listen, he's tall. He's hot. He's he's angsty. <laughs> what more do what you want? What more do you want? So so yeah, I mean she she's gonna that it's, like has nobody else fallen into her garden though like is that apparently just... not apparently not it like, is very much weighted we... on rand's like Gwen is a good catch for rand <laughs> rand is not a good catch for Elaine. for anyone for anyone <laughs> can we talk about that for a second because you know rand is at the heart of this like we've got elaine we've got min we've wait, got a wait 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 so I guess because I, in the books that we've read so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm I don't worry. I'm not spoiling anything. There are we've hints got, at Yes. 
there there is building I'm towards about men. relationships. We're talking, but he has had like Min has like professed her love at least internally for mm-hmm. him at this point, if not yes. to his face. Elaine has straight up written him confusing letters. Yes. Right, there was oh, a big oh whole thing God. about that. You want to talk about the fanfic? I need Elaine's letters. Yes, it's like yes. a fanfic that is nothing but That's Elaine's just the letters. letters. Oh my God! Somebody please direct us to that. I'm sure it exists. <laughs> yes, it must exist. It has to exist. So we've got Elaine's letters, and then we have this whole land fear like Celine oh situation. God. I like, hate it. And then, and there's more to come that we won't talk about because we're not technically there yet. So, like, but just, I think Min has said it, right? Min, yeah, has, Min said, has said it. She has said that she is like falling for him. Yes. She, no, has, she has said what's going on. Like, her, hasn't she mentioned by book four her viewing? She, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we haven't gotten oh, no, no, specific no, 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 about, no, no it okay, hasn't gotten no. that specific yet. So, that's something that is, you can never forget, I don't think, but we will <laughs> not spoil it for those who are okay. reading along for the first time. Um, so, so, yeah, like, let's talk about that. Okay, like, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> okay, so when the show was coming, and I, at some point, Rafe tweeted out um, that he's more interested in polyamory than polygamy. So, okay. you know, yeah, right. Rand does seem to have lots of concurrent girlfriends at this point indeed or maybe i mean nobody knows what's going on with elaine especially elaine (laughs) but she's definitely you know i believe (laughs) i believe that um that Egwene or elaine someone has sent avienda to watch over rand and make sure he doesn't stray yes Yes. that has happened that is so elaine's still got hot dibs on him (laughs) um and so I think that I've seen a lot of conversations about how people want to keep Rand having many girlfriends at once. Mm. And I sort of feel like if they can add some nuance to it, the way they did with Alana and the Warders, maybe that's something. But like the straight up way it's written in the books is Mm. it's very, and it's hard to say much, but like, like by, well, okay, hold on, hold on, hold okay. on. Because I do think that specifically is difficult to discuss based on where yeah. we are. So let's talk about Lanfear because that I think we oh. can talk about yes. because it's super weird and I don't like it. The craziest, <laughs> craziest of of ex-girlfriends. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, the Celine stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. is like the Celine you know, stuff. The Lanfear stuff. So um, where we are is that he basically just had that big fight with what's his face, and now yeah. he has to teach him. And Lanfear is like Asmodian, yeah. and Lanfear is like, oh my god. <laughs> that's that's kind of where we are. And she has she has been really clear with him about like how he's not like she's called Elaine uh, like that blonde shit like yeah. and made comparisons to Ileana straw haired chit yeah, there you go as it is straw haired chit yes and like so that's what they named their discord <laughs> and so that's great and she like bit she like love marked him I mean non consensually marked him yeah, of you know so like there's some pretty overt again predatory sexual women as you said right. Any, I feel like most of the women who have any sort of sexuality, in like Bear Lane also tried to, to that's true, yes, that's right. that. <laughs> tried to hit that, um, yeah. 
So jump on Rand because that is <laughs> she's she's a whole sub note text. Yeah, I another kind of, chapter of my weird manifesto. But I know I was just gonna say like I have a, I have big justice for Barrelane feelings. Yes, because I feel like she spends a lot of time chasing after dude she's too good for. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And she's doing it very, like, she is very aware of the power dynamics and is trying to protect her, yeah, you know, it's out her, of necessity. her power by doing this. And, like, she does, she does, she deserves so much more than the book gives her. And I think that, like, part of the thing that starts to bug me, and I think that as you guys go on in the series, you'll see this come up again and again, is that we're told that she's this, like, brilliant young leader who has kept her country safe through her, like, political yeah. wits. But then she really hyper focuses on like some pretty bland and not useful dudes as her only path <laughs> to salvation. And I'm like, come on, are you telling me she can't figure out a better way? Right. She's right. too smart for this. Yes. So maybe the show can fix that up a little bit. But... Do you think they'll put Barreline in the show? I feel I like she's so. a character who's not going to show up. Yeah, I can't I imagine. Gonna cut her. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm justice for Barreline. I need to see. I, think <laughs> I know. In my head. In my head, I think that she does not provide a lot of useful stuff. No. But I want to see a sexual, smart young woman who just is navigating fiercely and being amazing. Yeah. So I hope that something happens where we get some combination of characters or something and it doesn't go down the scary path that she does. (laughs) Because, you know, that's what I would like to see. Just, just. Give me this. And I feel like the show has been good. Yes. I mean, like, Nynaeve doesn't have any weird sexual hang-ups. Nope. And, like, and I want to be clear here, not wanting to have sex is not a bad thing at all. No, no. It's only a bad thing if your culture tells you that you're going to get your ass beat if you touch someone else. Exactly. So, and Nynaeve was the one beating people's asses in the books. Yeah, yeah. So not seeing that in her was deeply relieving to me. Yeah. Okay, but we totally skipped away from poor Celine here. Who? Right, right. I really hope the show. Um, I don't think that like you could introduce that Celine subplot into season two of the show, because first of all, I mean, like Rand has had sex. I hope he's not going to be this dumb because it yeah. still has boobs. Who is though? <laughs> That's the problem. I don't think it'll be because she has boobs, but I think it'll be be because of like I don't know. He's searching for something, or he like yeah. feels lost. Like I think yeah. they'll use out a of insecurity. Out of insecurity, I would like to see her be smart with it and not just oh. I'm so yeah, high. I, am. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we got here. Save me from these monsters <laughs> right. I keep mysteriously making appear. Yeah. <laughs> I think they, I do feel like the show, like for the most part, has done a good job of seeding that idea behind its, its characters of like they're giving them real reasons for the choices they're making. Mostly, not no, yeah. obviously not everybody. No. Um, um, so I have high hopes for it. <laughs> One thing I like, and I've been talking about this recently, we know Nynaeve sort of irrationally hates Moraine. Yes. Yes. I want to see season two. Yeah, Moraine took her baby off to the eye of the world and is going to come back without him. Well, they gave her, like, that was one of my favorite changes for the show, period, is, like, giving Nynaeve a reason to hate the Aes Sedai Mm -hmm. with the fury that she does. Yes. so cathartic. Oh, but I mean, like, after the finale, she's going to, she thinks... 
Moraine has to come back and be like, whoops, I killed your duckling. Listen, I have to tell you, I really do not know how they, what Same. they're going to do at no the start idea. of season two. Like, I don't know how they're going to pull this back together because that finale sends everybody in so many weird directions compared to the books. Like, I have no clue how they're going to pull it back together. I really I'm super don't. interested. I am super interested. I, I feel like, like, I feel what I like is the the way that this ending, even though I definitely think it wasn't the one they intended. Yeah. And like, I mean, I keep, keep hearing more and more things like they lost all the Trollic stunt actors. So that's why that battle was so goofy. Oh, and they wow. lost the location for the Blight. Oh, and they had to wow. build that set like at the last minute. So like COVID fucked them up. I didn't know any of that. I haven't yeah. been, I just don't, I can't, I don't have time to follow. And they lost everything. the Inktar actor. So they had to do a last minute. The um, huh. Lord Yakota, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was supposed to be Inktar, but he got cast on a different show, so they had to change that. So, like, he probably would have had something to do with the horn, too. So, like, huh. just so much got shuffled around. I feel like I don't know what they even remotely intended for the last two episodes. It'll right. be interesting to see. I think what they do really well actually on the show is one allow for space allow to like for tension to build because it could be very easy for them to be like well we have to have more scenes with lan and nynaeve because mm -hmm. that is a power like that's a really popular ship like the actors are great together but i think they did a good job of like just giving us like tastes so that when it happens you're like this is the best day of my life <laughs> each one was so good too yes like you know, the first, the, the conflict first with like, mm -hmm. the, you know, the knives, but then the whole healing scene yeah. and then mm -hmm. um, the, the conversation fire. Oh. Yes. when oh. they exchange their like cultural beliefs, yes. Yes. which oh is like God. a seriously intimate thing to be doing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, the, so, and it recognize that moment feels intimate in a yes. really yeah. amazing way. Yeah. And then she heals him. Yeah. So, you know, whew. I no, they did, a good, they did such a good, they did it honestly like in the show they did a better job of seeding the romantic relationship between Lan and Nynaeve than the, like the books do a good job but it takes a really goddamn yeah. long time right. like yeah. it takes such a long time and we get these like you get like a paragraph every like 900 pages <laughs> and I will say I don't think like a lot of people are saying that because they had sex they sped up the romance and like I don't think they did, no, because you know, Nynaeve literally like proposes to him at the end of book one. Yes. So this was actually like a little chiller. <laughs> <laughs> she just like you know had some good sex, went to dinner with him. You know, no marriage proposal. <laughs> so which? Oh my god, the date was so cute. Oh, oh, it was so adorable. And I love that too. I like that they have. I mean, I mean, mixed feelings. Yes, I liked seeing the Malkiri culture, but also since you just read New Spring, I wanted to stay. Uh, <laughs> well, let's just have, have to fix the, the. No, the show's going to change. Yes, the show it has to. It has to. All I would be not surprised if they just don't touch it. Like, yeah, they, they let's just, just yeah, pretend uh, yeah, it I didn't agree. happen. I mean, I feel like they're gonna do that with a lot of stuff. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I don't need them to. I don't need them to bring. There's a it lot. In. There's a lot that we don't need Just to skip see it. on screen. Just skip it. <laughs> so I'm yeah, perfectly fine with them skipping a bunch of shit. <laughs> I mean, 
most of the spanking and like there's <laughs> most of the I know we've talked about like Perrin and Fayil, but like there's so much spanking in these books. Oh yeah. There's just just and, and it's mostly almost entirely women just getting spanked by random yeah. people yeah. in the tower. Everybody's yeah. getting spanked. Right. There's and, like a, this is just right. gonna get more and more spanky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's like a weird Tom and Elaine scene in book four that like has a touch of that oh, to yeah. it too. It's like really Oh my god. Really I gross. See, I, and... I blocked that one out again oh, too. Yeah. Where, he's, where he's she's sitting in his lap and drunk and tugging his mustache. Yeah, yes. it's so yep. weird. Yep. It's Somebody really on weird. Twitter started a fight with me <gasps> that Tom was ruined because he doesn't have the mustaches, so Elaine can never <laughs> sit in his lap and tug them. You and I was like, good move. fucking hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I think that's the opposite of ruining Tom. Hard you agree. saved Tom. Yeah. Also, like, a lot of the complaints I've seen, like, you know, about how Tom doesn't look like he should be a court bard. He doesn't look refined enough. And I'm like, listen, again, you are not thinking about this as a country run by a woman. You know who's going to be in the court? <laughs> Dude, she wants to fuck. <laughs> So Tom is the perfect court bard. Tom <laughs> is like, yeah, weird right. old floppy mustache. No, dude. this I, is hot Tom. Yeah, We're happy. I agree that he's hot Tom. I still maintain I know. that I like alt rock grunge Tom is not the vibe <laughs> I was interested in. Disagree. Well, we will <laughs> disagree on this forever. It's fine. I, I'm here fine. for gritty guitar Tom. I mean, me too. At least I understand why a young queen jumped on that. Wow. Yes. That, that's a very legit point. I will I will take that to heart. That's Who among us has not had an emo face? I mean, it's true. And Just if you saying. were like a young queen who would marry to like a total asshole, wouldn't yeah. you want to jump on the bad boy? Musician? Listen, you're, you're making a solid case here. <laughs> I've thought deeply. Like I one of tell. my pet peeves about the series is how Andor is a country that has just had queens in a matrilineal line and sometimes somehow still has like all these patriarchal values. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like everybody's like so worried about who the queen's gonna marry and who's gonna get her pregnant. And- but that's yeah. the subversion. That's that's the lack of subversion, right? The subversion yeah. is just swapping without mm-hmm. consideration of what that swap actually means. And yeah. so then you get things like where consent still doesn't matter. Where yeah. like that's that's the problem there. A queen who still has to worry what people think about her sexuality yeah. instead of like, I mean, there's no question of like whether or not that baby is hers. Right. So right. that's all exactly. that matters. Right. So right. Ma- why would she even be getting married? Right. Right. It doesn't make a whole <laughs> lot of sense. Can we talk for a second about people walking in on other people naked in the books? Because that's yeah, another that's thing ri- that happens so trope. often. It's all the time. Constantly. Yeah. The nudity, the nudity is, I'm trying to remember, like, if you've gotten to any, like, some of the Aes Sedai, like, have, well, no, they do, because you've seen the accepted tests. Oh, yeah. Like, there's so much nudity to get naked, all the naked time. just, like, for your school. Right. <laughs> and, but also, the, like, the consistency with which people will walk inside, like, the, it happens to Matt, I think, like, three times when yeah. he's yes, at Carvalin. Yes. Like, everybody does it. Yeah. Like, it's just constant. People mm-hmm. walking knocking in on other people exist. naked. No, no, no there's age. no knocking. <laughs> it's such a strange use of nudity. Is this like, I guess maybe because the books are kind of puritanical, obviously. Yeah. And the only way to get naked people is by accident. <laughs> I know, I think that's exactly it. Or ritual. Like, right, yeah, ritual or accident. about how 
like because in book four, Moraine and Avienda like yes. stripped down and yes. run naked yes. from the Caribbean, and Matt and Rand are just in their clothes chilling. Mm-hmm. Like yes. okay, right? And, you know, like right. we spend all this time with like Moraine going naked into sweat tents with the wise one. Yes. Oh my god! But, like when is Rand gonna like wander in and strip out with like all the clan chiefs? Like what? Right. Come right. on. I know. Equal so I opportunity think this- nudity. <laughs> yes. No, sorry. Which equal I opportunity think- ritualistic nudity. Yeah. I should Which say. I think That's the it. show gave us. I mean, they opened yes, land butt, and they were like, "Okay, <laughs> That's true. land butt." There was that moment when Land's door, he's taking off his clothes when that door opens in the yes. show. And I was like, oh God, it's the thing from the books. Like somebody is walking in on somebody else who, without knocking, who is unclothed. Like it's the thing. But it was just naive. But it worked there. It worked there. It worked. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was just like, because they were out in the hallway and I was screaming, kiss, kiss, yes, kiss. Yeah. And he was like, okay, bye. <laughs> That was I the one know. time Land didn't have moves. Yeah. No, I think his move was to retreat. Yeah, and no. I she came after him, he was It was like, strategic. Okay. It was a it strategic, was a strategic, strategic <laughs> move. Yeah, that was a move. That was not like him being yes. like, this isn't going to happen. That was him being like, this is going to happen. Let's see if she wants it enough to come in. He was I feel like the choice, the choice yeah. was with her, right? Yeah. Like, And that was great. I also love how they did this thing where they each took a step forward a couple yes. times. Yes, yes. Because yes. that's very much the we are making this choice together. Yes. And yes. one thing I hate in the books is that every time Land kisses her in the early books that I can recall, it's basically manhandling her yes. while she pounds at him yes. until yes. she stops. Because yes. Big, because you can't want it. You can't want it too badly. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. But then you are subdued by romance it because vibe. right. Exactly. It's very bodice ripper. It is yeah. very bodice ripper. So yes, yeah, because you you get this you know plausible deniability. If you right. fought it for a while, then you're not a slut because oh, yeah. you know. God. Oh God. Then you can enjoy it because you know you you put up your token resistance or whatever. Oh, and don't like that in the show. Love or in the books. Love yes. that the show had them deliberately yes. stepping closer and closer. Well, and that's, I think people get like, I think people who don't read much romance or erotica or especially don't read much modern romance or erotica don't understand that like consent can be clear, but also not spoken. Like that's a great example of unspoken, but clear consent and like ongoing choice making. Yes. And because I see a lot of from, like I said, people who don't read much of it are like, well, it's not sexy to be constantly asking, is this okay? Is this okay? And I think we all know, A, you can make that sexy. People do make it very sexy. But B, that's not always what consent has to look like. There's lots of different ways to show consent. And I, I appreciate that the show knows that. Yeah, it did a really good job with that. And I feel like it did it with, you know... Moraine and Swan too. Yes, yes. yes. Because like she said that, and like <laughs> Swan was like, "I'm in," yep. <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, and like even even Egwene and Rand, they had yes. their like yeah. sweet little moment, and you know, so they did a really good job at showing us three very different ways yeah. that two people, mm-hmm. the you know the 
the young love and the kind of broody, sexy, hot thing (laughs) and the experienced lovers who know each other enough. Yeah. Because like that was really what I got from Moraine and Swan. They have done this before. Yes. Yes. The comfort they have with each other, like the the conversations that pick up in the middle. Yes. You know, it's so, oh, so good. And seeing seeing Moraine in that like red little whatever she put on that was just like so casual and so Mm -hmm. unbuttoned and undone and yeah just it was like beautiful also can i just say that like when she walked like the place that they meet is the um like basically modeled after swan's child yeah yeah Yeah. and so it's like moraine being undone and real in this place that swan is from and like the Mm. the manifestation of who she really is that she Mm -hmm. can never show yeah and that was like some top tier romance (laughs) shit right intimacy like that was beautiful i mean i think that's my favorite episode in the show i think hands down really that episode is it is it was the one that like how is this happening was the strongest with me because like you know i wanted a show that wasn't sexist it didn't assault people yeah and Mm -hmm. maybe you know made me happy and i did not imagine i was going to get you know older women in a passionate beautiful long-term relationship kissing each other on screen yeah yeah in, in my this is so far from game of thrones i don't even know <laughs> well that's the other thing i i that was my biggest concern going into this sh- was because you know like there it's been documented that jeff bezos was like find me the next game yes. of thrones yeah. you know and i especially when those trailers started coming out because it did look much grittier than you know it could have and so I was super concerned about that because that's one of the reasons that I think this series I can return to in a way I can't to Game of Thrones yes is that that sense of like we've called it innocence but also like it's just not it's not grimdark that's not what it's doing there's hope and it's wholesome it. yeah, yeah it's wholesome it's there wholesome. you go wholesome and so like I, that's what I wanted that's the tone and so if you're gonna make a Game of Thronesified Wheel of Time, that's not Wheel of Time. Right. In in yeah. in the most fundamental way. Like you right. can change a lot of things and still capture that spirit, that tone, but not if you change the tone. So I was just incredibly relieved about that. Yeah, I definitely feel like they did that. And this is something like I feel really aware of because like my books that I write and the things that I most love to read are really dark worlds, which I feel like this is like really messed up worlds, but within it, people who want to fix it Mm -hmm. and they're flawed and they're messy, but they're trying their hardest because they believe in a better world and they love their community and they want to help those people make this world better and protect other people. And I think that is part of what was special. And like in my heart, I honestly believe Game of Thrones was like almost the series was like a reaction to that yes. cynical. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay, don't be so naive and silly. Mm-hmm. Everything but that's is pointless. hundred percent. You have the hope and joy of Wheel of Time and then you have the cynicism mm-hmm. and frustration of Game of Thrones. And both are like like I read legit. Yeah. I read all of the Game of Thrones books up until it took him like 15 years to write the next one. <laughs> um, but I loved them. I read mm-hmm. them all in like quick succession. And I lo- and there is a val- like a validity there. It's just they're not the same. Just no, they're no, they're fantasy. very different. Right. No, they have different views on the world and different yeah. views on like how you fight corrupt power. 
Yes. And, mm-hmm. and Wheel of Time has an extremely strong voice here. And like, you know, I feel like the ending, which we can't discuss explicitly, but like, I feel like it's sort of the, it, I have described like how I think Sanderson stuck the landing, like Superman coming down to earth. I feel like the <laughs> landing was stuck because they managed to like grind in that this is a series about people who love each other and work together to make things better. Yeah. I am excited to get there someday. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think the show- 30 years from now, we'll be wrapping up. We're going pretty fast. fast. Are we? I I don't feel like Comparatively. We did did four books in a year. Yeah, that's fast. I mean, they're big books. Yeah. (laughs) Big books. I have no frame of reference. Uh, book, book four, I think, is like almost 400,000 words. Oh, no. I just mean I have no frame of reference for like oh, for how that's fast, fast like compared oh, like, to what I'm you saying. Know. You guys covered like, I don't know, a million words probably. Oh, yeah. We've covered a there's, a, there's a chart. There is a yes. sorry, cat made us graphs. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, so, right, yeah, have, I, I feel like we meandered off the point a little bit, yes, but yes, yes. we're we're about an hour in. Are there yeah. any sort of like last points we want to hit on on romance and sexuality in The Wheel of Time up to book four? Yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know, the show is going to my, my biggest point is like, I love what the show is doing and I would love to see continued, you know, adjustments to it because I mm-hmm. think. That the thing that bothers me most, if I felt like the romance and sexual content fit the tone, which was what we were just discussing, yeah, that would be one thing. But it actually feels kind of discordant to me, yeah, because in the it books, is, you mean, yeah, yeah, in the books, yes. it feels like, like you have this like beautiful, you know, gentle blacksmith fighting with his nature. So having a plot line where he and his wife are just smacking each other around randomly feels yeah. weird. It, it it doesn't it takes away from it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, if we can do some, and romance is hard to write. Yes. <laughs> like that is the thing that so many people, I think, underestimate. Yeah. Um, this, there was this comic that went viral on Twitter the other day that had, it was just like four panels and it had like fantasy author and like, you know, uh, some other author, like holding up little tiny barbells and then this totally ripped romance author, <laughs> you know, bench pressing like a zillion pounds. And it was like, you know, writing tension. Mm-hmm. And somebody had replied to it was, where's the tension if you already know they're going to end up together? Oh, my God. Oh. And I was like, that's the that's the point. point. That's the point. That's the point. It's hard to take something that you know is going to end with them together and make people wonder how it's going to work yes. but still see that it absolutely does. That's right. Because mm-hmm. you have to make it look like it's going to fail, but also make them 100% believe in the end that they go together. And it's hard to do. And lots of people who haven't practiced it when they put it in their books of other <laughs> genres don't quite get there. Yeah. Um, there- and so. Oh, go, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, we know that this is only going to get worse in our reading journey. Is there, like, anything that you feel like, like, do we just have to block it all out as we go? Or, like, <laughs> what, I what is your advice for I was okay with, I want to say, maybe. Any words of wisdom for us getting through the, the rough spots? I mean, I think that... At the end of the day, I think these characters are really strong. 
Mm-hmm. I don't always think Robert Jordan manages to like fully, you know, get the internal lives of yes. some of these female characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually where some of this like really breaks down. Mm. Um, but like at the end of the day, I think that they're strong characters. And you can imagine if you are a romance person, how this should have gone. Okay. <laughs> so just, I think, hold to that because I think that the show is going to give us like, I think that they rumors that they've cast Fail already. Yeah. So she may be on her way in. And I think that they could give us a beautiful version of this. Yeah. I don't think they're going to give us the kink because that does not seem where they're going. No. Um, but I mean, you could do it and it would still be beautiful <laughs> if you did it carefully. But I think that a beautiful version of this could be in our futures. So please all <laughs> pray with me. All of my fingers and toes fingers are crossed. Fingers are crossed. Yeah. yeah um, because, yeah, I think that based on uh, season one, I was very wary coming in. And now I'm like, I kind of have faith in you guys, at least on the romance front. Yeah. yeah. I mean, other than the whole parent mess. Yeah. <laughs> but like... You've traumatized him plenty, so let's not break <laughs> let's in with some joy. Let's yeah. get some joy in Perrin's life. Yes. Um, and yeah, I, I would like to see more of Swan and Moraine. Mm-hmm. I believe that her shield is knotted. She's got a shield not stilled. Yes. That's my yes. theory. And that yes. it's knotted. Yeah, I agree. And I'm on the on the conspiracy train. With my friend Jenny, lesbian nerdy, that Swan is going to untie it because the first <gasps> you think thing it's going to be Swan? I think it's going to be Egwene. I think the it's Nynaeve. The first thing we saw I mean, yeah, Swan Nynaeve. do on the show was untie knots. <gasps> Ooh. So that was what we were Juicy. introduced to her, right? I just got goosebumps. Except yeah. that she's exiled. Moiraine is exiled from the tower, so she can't go back. And Suan is not going to leave the tower. Well, okay. All right. Never mind. Don't, I'm don't talk yourself out of I'm, it. I love, I love that observation. I'm super curious. Yeah, that's that's my that. that's my shipper thing for season two. <laughs> I need to see them again. Yes. I need, I need poor Nynaeve to deal with the trauma of the fact that she sent Lan off yeah. and he came back without her baby. Yeah. Um. So that's gonna be rough on them. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm and more romances in our future. I mean, let's let's let poor loyal live. Yes. I think he would say loyal is alive. Yeah. Oh, but that I mean like confirmed. not have to be on the run oh, from like yes. Oh, yes. agreed. No, and you know what? Alive. The thigh high boots. Every <laughs> time I'm gonna bring it up, let Loyal have his thigh high boots. Okay, so I have a friend who was a costumer who was watching the show and she was like constantly making these amazing notif- like observations. Yeah. Um just like perpetually cool observations. The costuming thing- is amazing. It's amazing. It's so good. It's so good. Um, but one thing she did is like she picked up the books, and the first thing in the prologue is Charmael is wearing thigh high boots. Yeah. And she's like, What? Yes. <laughs> because she had seen all these people complaining about the costumes on the show, and she was like, Are you guys crazy? No, the costuming it's, is it's amazing. The, one of the best things about the show, and it my really opinion. is. It's like it's top, like incredible. It, it might be my favorite thing about the show. It's <laughs> so good. It is so, so good. That. Um, all right. So we had our last thoughts. We had our like so. we had so our many thoughts. So, so many, thoughts. many last thoughts. Um what's next? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, so you can keep an eye out for regular episodes on Wednesdays. The notification slash conversation is on Twitter and, uh, well, mostly Twitter as hashtag Tarvalin or bust. And we're starting the fires of heaven. So we will be reading the prologue through chapter six for our first episode of that. We're going to try for seven chapters an episode. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> if it's two hours, we're going to do less. Yeah, chapters. well, we will do less Period. chapters. Um, and a big thank you to Brian. Brian Dunn, fellow We Love Time fan and musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast. You can find more of his work at BrianDunnMusic.net. That's Brian with a Y and Dunn with two N's. And if you are enjoying the show, as always, please leave us a rating and or a review on the podcast platform of your choice. It helps other folks to find the show. And we have like a party every time one of those comes in. It's really fun Very to true. see them. Uh, and in between shows, you can find us different places. Brie, where shall people find you? You can find me on Twitter at MostlyBree, um, which is where I spend most of my time yelling about things. And if you are interested in books about uh, girl gangs who t try to take over the world and save it during an apocalypse, yes. or you want to read really, really kinky post-apocalyptic romance, um, yeah. you can find me at KitRosha.com, which is where all my books are. So. And that's R-O-C-H-A. We'll put yes, a link in the show notes. Right? Mm -hmm. We will put a link in the notes. Please, highly recommend following Brie everywhere. Yes. Like <laughs> it will be the I best. I am a chaos agent on Twitter, so <laughs> it's a plus, a plus follow. <laughs> I definitely, especially recommend the newest series if you love enemies to lovers because you've got some good, like post-apocalyptic librarian hate love situations going on in yes. there. So good, <laughs> so good. Uh, okay, right. You can find me on Twitter, tum Twitter and Tumblr as Jen I R L J E N N I R L, or on Instagram as I am Jen I R L. Uh, you can find me on everything, Twitter, TikTok, Tumblr, Instagram, at runwithskizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Tarvalin or Bust. A huge thank you to all our patrons. Patrons. <laughs> it's so hard to say, to say Patreon <laughs> and then patron, like, within <laughs> few words of each other. Um this episode is not the ending. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the Wheel of Time, but it is an ending. Bye! Bye-bye! <laughs>